Amen. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, 33. We've been in a series for a few weeks called God is the Author of Peace. We're not going to take time to read the context of this verse. Um, chapter 14, 1 Corinthians is a great chapter talking about the gifts of the Spirit and some different things. But this concept is throughout the Word of God, but just the way it says it, uh, we just use this as one of our texts. Verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So God is the author of peace. Anything that brings confusion in the earth, anything that brings confusion to your mind, that is never God. Did you hear me? God God isn't trying to confuse people. Now, you could have the Word come up. You were confused before, and you have the Word, and you're like, hey, wait, what's going on? The Word can straighten you out, and you understand more and more of the Word, and you start seeing things more clearly. That's not the same as you just being confused and dark and, and not seeing and going, I just don't know what to do and feeling that more and more. That's never God. And if you hear teaching that would start to bring that, uh, if you hear uh, people saying things to you, or you read something, or you watch something, and it's just like, gosh, I thought I knew God, but this is making me just unsettled and confused. That's, that's not the, that, that spirit behind that is not God, because He's going to bring peace, always. He, he is a, a God of peace. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. We're going to read a few verses that we've read before, but just as just getting into this. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely or set you apart completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says at the beginning of that verse, may the God of peace do this. He is the God of peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. So it called him the God of peace, says he is the author of peace. Here it says, he, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always and in every way. So he gives you peace, not just in a little bit, not in just certain areas. You know, you can segment out your life and be walking in peace in one area, but in another area it feels like chaos. That's not God's will. God's will is that we have peace in every way. It says uh, He will give you peace in all ways and in every way. So it's God's will that we have peace. Now, that doesn't mean that there's never anything, no challenge that's ever going to happen in life. And we're going to talk more about that. It, just, it means that in the midst of whatever's coming your way, you're going to have peace. God is not the author of you know, thing, we live in a fallen world. We need to know that. The way the world is now is not uh, at the will of God. It, the Bible says there, there was a fall. The, the Bible says that the world was created. Adam and Eve lived in perfection. But then Satan, you know, tempted and they gave in. And the Bible says the world's under a curse and it's in a fallen state. Now, for the Christian, we have been redeemed from the curse and we have been pulled. You don't, Satan doesn't have authority over you, but you still live in this fallen world. And there are things that 
uh, go on, there are people that don't serve God, people that serve the enemy and make decisions that affect things in this world. And so you deal with challenges, but that's, that's not God's will. All you have to do is think about what is heaven like? See, there, there is no curse. There's nobody that doesn't believe God. There's, there's no devil. And God's will is done perfectly there. Here, that's not the case. It's only done to the degree that we yield to Him. That's why it's so important that you, you say, well, I can't do anything. No, you yielding to God, yielding means just to agree with. To, to go after you yielding to God in your place of business, in your job, in your family, is a conduit for that peace to be manifest in anything that you touch, in your realm. You can't force people to do stuff, but if you're yielding to God, now His peace and His will can be done more in that area. Well, if the more and more people do that, the more and more you're going to see God's will manifest. Now, you're never going to see it perfectly while we're here on this earth. That will not happen. Not a bad confession. It's not going to happen. I'm talking about globally. The world is not going to become heaven in this age. It, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And you will see God's will manifest perfectly. That, so you see what His will is, but that does, that, we don't live in, in perfection right now. We live in a fallen world, but in the middle of that... God can grant the Christian peace and strength and victory in the midst of a fallen world. It better be that way because we live in a fallen world. If He can only do it in heaven, we're sunk. And that's what a lot of people think is we're just going to wait till heaven to where everything is great and, and just we'll just take what we get here on this earth. That's not true. No, God is not in control of everything that happens on this earth. Somebody has a problem with that, just ask yourself the question, did he make you choose your breakfast this morning? You know, when you went to get the cereal, did, did you just unconsciously, you had to pick Raisin Bran? You really wanted Cheerios, but it's God's will. And if he's not going to dictate that to you, there are a whole lot of other things. God gave men free will. So he's not controlling everything that happens. Is he sovereign? Is his will going to be done overall? Yes, but that doesn't mean you or I have to be involved in it. Did you hear me? So God's will is going to be done. There are a whole lot of people that are going to say, I have nothing to do with you. They're going to pick the wrong side. God didn't make them do it, but God's still going to win. You want to get on the right side. Amen. So we're dealing with craziness in this world. God's not the author of it. It would con contradict so many scriptures to say that God is authoring all the stuff and all the horror that we see in the world. Killing children, innocent people, war, disease. To say God is in control of everything is to say that he's the author of it. That's a lie. That's not his will. That's not his will. People have disobeyed him, talking about humanity over time. There is a devil that deceives people, and so you have sin in the earth. You have disease in the earth. You have chaos in the earth. That's not God's will. He is not the author of that. And that'll clear up a lot of stuff for some people right there, because if you've heard that everything that's going on is God, well, there's a whole lot of things that would make you mad. 
If, if something happened to somebody, a loved one or something in the earth, and you see something on the news, and if you're believing that that's God's will, well, then who, you could be mad at God. A lot of people are, but they don't realize, no, God's not the author of this. There is a devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's what he's doing, but that's not God's work. That's not God. So God, through the Lord Jesus, has given us the ability as a Christian to walk in peace in the midst of chaos here on the earth. John 14, 27 We read this verse too, but I want you to notice a different aspect of it. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now notice what he said, not as the world gives do I give to you. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you go back to the middle of that, or let's just read it from the beginning. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give. I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. So we're not talking about what the world gives. The world gives counterfeit peace. (laughs) You ever seen a a whole lot of people talking about peace, but what they're talking about is not actually peace. Peace as long as you agree with me. I want peace for everything as long as you agree with me. If we don't, then all of a sudden that all goes out the window and there's a license just to attack you. You ever notice that? Tolerance as long as, you know, it's what I want you to do, but then, you know, I don't tolerate you at all. People just turn it and be like, hey, we want to get along unless you disagree with me. Then I have license to berate you. What is that? It's hypocrisy for one. That's not God. God, People call all kinds of stuff peace. We just want peace. Anyway, you can say so much about that. The devil is not the author of peace. The devil is a counterfeiter. He puts all kinds of stuff, well, we want peace. No, God is the true author of peace. Jesus is saying, I give you my peace, not the way the world gives it. Not up one day day and down another and, oh, you're peaceful, but now you're crazy and now we're peaceful. See, that's all uh, just led by circumstances, by emotions by what people say. It's not led by an internal leading by the true peace that God gives, that only God can give. And that peace is available for the child of God. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 13, 11. There is peace for the believer. There is peace for the believer. Available. Verse 11 says, Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Notice the last part. It says, Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Look at this in the Amplified. It says, finally, believers, rejoice, be made, be made complete, be what you should be, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace. Notice this, enjoy the spiritual well-being experienced by believers who walk closely with God. 
and the God of love and peace, the source of loving kindness, will be with you. Jump back to that part that says live in peace. Previous slide. It says live in peace. And just stay on this slide. Don't jump to the next one then. Live in peace. Enjoy the spiritual well-being experienced by believers who walk closely with God. That, that's what he's saying. Live in peace. This is expounding on it. Enjoy that spiritual well-being experienced by believers. There is peace. There is spiritual well-being available for believers who walk with God. This is available on the earth. This is available to every Christian. The world does not give you peace. The, the believer is to have peace. It's available to us. You know, it says to those who walk closely with God. In James, it says, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. Somebody says, well, I'm not close to him. Just come in. Just, just draw close to him and it says he'll draw near to you. He's not holding you at arm's length. But if, we get, if we're close to Him, we'll be at peace. If we're looking at, we talked about it last week. You know, we've, we've covered a number of these aspects. You can go back and listen to them you know, on the website and on uh, YouTube and other places. But we talked about what we think on is going to determine if we're going to walk in peace or not. You know, if we're looking at all kinds of things from the world, well, you're going to experience what the world experiences. You're going to look at hopeless things. If you're going to look at things that are filled with fear, you're going to experience those things. But the Christian, actually, we have, we have peace with God through Jesus. We talked about that. Number one, the world doesn't have that. The world doesn't have a right relationship. We talk about the world, anybody that hasn't believed on Jesus, they don't have a right relationship with God. It's only through Jesus. Doesn't matter what anybody tells you. Doesn't matter what, we, what, say, what they say, what they're selling on, you know, the internet or TV or, you know, peace with God. If it doesn't include Jesus, then that it's not true. Amen. It doesn't matter how many reviews, positive reviews they have. It doesn't matter how many people, you know, like it. it. It just matters if it is actually the truth because there is only one way to God and that's Jesus. There is only one way to have true peace, and that is through Jesus. The world does not give peace. It doesn't. Nothing of the world gives peace. The world does not give ultimate satisfaction. Nothing of the world does. Pursuits that gratify the flesh will not bring peace. You know what I mean by the flesh? Your senses, your, your, the, the, this is called our, our earth, or we could call it our earth suit. This is what, our body is what we get around in. It's not the true you. We read in 1 Thessalonians earlier, uh, you know, in 523, it talks about your, your spirit, soul, and body. We are a spirit being. We have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body, but your body is not you. You say, well, of course it is. Well, it's no more you than your car is you. We drive around in the car. How'd you get here? Well, I came here. You know, you say, you know, your car, that's part of you. No, you got out of your car and you came in here. See, this is 
goes around with us everywhere, so it's tempting to think this is you. No, this is just your body. You are going to exist when your body is done on this earth. When your body, if Jesus tarries, if Jesus doesn't come back, you know, we believe we're closer than ever. But if it's another 150 years, there's not a single person in here that's going to be alive. And your body is going to be in a grave. But you will still exist. It's the same thing as you could, your car could be, you wore it out. It's done. You got a new one. You can do that here on earth, get a new car. That doesn't mean, you know, your, your car was not you. You may have really liked it. You may shed some tears when you're done with the car. But it's not you. You got a new car and you go on. Well, our bodies, we're, we, when we leave this body, people call it death. Well, for the Christian, it's just transferring. You're out of this body. You're with the Lord. And it's going to be way better. And the Bible says you're going to get a new body. At a certain time, uh, when Jesus comes back, we're going to get a new body, and that body's going to be built to last, not like this body. But this body has desires. <laughs> Anybody know that? You know, I mean, what, when you're hungry, that's a desire. When you need sleep, that's a desire. Well, those things, your, your body needs food. It needs sleep. It needs these things. But there's a lot of things that it just wants to do. And, it, you know, uh, if we listen to our body all the time, we're talking about our, our body, our senses, uh, the flesh. You know, uh, if we're doing things just to gratify our body, uh, then it's not going to bring true satisfaction. Oh, it could be fun. And that's why we have to keep everything in check. You know, anything, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily sin. I mean, you could take a hobby of any type and just bring it to the extreme and it's, can become, it can mess up your life. But the thing itself, it's not bad. You couldn't say it was bad. I mean, there's all kinds of people that do sports of certain areas. You can say, well, that's a sin. No, but if you get it out of line, it can be. Starts messing with your relationships and whatever. But ultimately, those things, they don't bring peace. That's the thing. You getting a new whatever it is. A new car, you know, new piece of furniture, new, new whatever, it's not going to satisfy you. I mean, nobody said it's not fun to get something new. New phone. But it's not going to satisfy you. You should know that because, you know, you're, you have all the stuff you already have and all that stuff, most of it used to be new to you at one time. Let's just be honest. And at one time, you probably thought some of that stuff, ooh, if I can get this. I, I'm set. You know, I, you know, when you're growing up, you think that even more. I mean, you don't, a lot of us adults would think the same way. But when you're growing up, you know, you, we used to have Christmas catalogs. Now you just, I, I don't know if they send them out. Maybe it's probably, you know, waste of money now because they just put everything's accessible on the kid's phone anyway. So why do they want to look at a catalog? We didn't have that. So we had the physical you know, catalog, but when you, or your brochure, oh man, they had a brochure for stuff, brochure for cars, brochure for musical equipment, you know, you get that, what's the point? You're going to go and you'll look at it and just keep looking at it. I mean, yeah, sure, it's information, but part of the point is to get you hooked to where you think you need that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Just look at it over and over. I mean, it doesn't matter if you know, I knew you know, people that I knew, friends of mine, older, they got the brochure for certain cars. I remember this dude at work, 
this guy was in his 40s or 50s. He, he was bringing, he was talking about this certain SUV. Uh, I mean, this is decades ago. He was bringing it to work and talking about he's going to get, he's going to get one of these. And he did. But I mean, he had the brochure and he's telling everybody and you know what, these are the features he's going to get and ordered it, special order, and it came in. Remember another dude, same place I work, you know, he, he, got, he was talking about that he was going to get the first one of this certain pickup, certain style, and he wanted to be one of the first ones around that got it, and he did. <laughs> then other people got them, and then it's not so special. Within like six months, you know, everybody's got them. No, nobody cares that you're the first one. They don't know. But there's that twinge that if I can get this, then I'm going to be at peace. It's going to make, I mean... You just think, imagine living life every day and waking up and thinking, I own this. Wow. That's what, that's what we think. What would life be like? Well, just think back. You probably thought about that in certain areas, and now you're living with it. And now you're like, I want this. Right? So it didn't bring you peace. Never going to bring you peace. Anything that's fleshly. It, 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 not that we don't enjoy things. You can only truly enjoy things, though, on this earth if you have right relationship with God and you're at peace there. Now you can actually enjoy stuff, but you can take or leave it. See, that's different. If you think you need to have it to be at peace, you'll never be at peace. Never. Never. It cannot bring peace. Something that that just satisfies your flesh cannot bring peace. Same thing intellectually. Think, well, if I just got, if I learned about this or learned about this or if I got this degree, then I I would know. It's just a variation of the same thing. No, you're never going to find satisfaction, just things that gratify your intellect. Because you're not made to find peace through that. So people, you know, well, maybe I need this. Maybe I'm not saying you shouldn't get a degree in certain areas. Be led by God. See, it's, it's a relationship with the Lord. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm good with you. Now, what would you want me to do? And if part of that is I'm going to learn about this or I'm going to take up this activity. See, now that's the context where I can still have peace, but I'm not looking to the thing to bring me peace or the class to bring me peace or the job to bring me peace or the relationship to bring me peace. Oh, if I could just know so-and-so, or I could get in with the cool crowd, or if I could get date so-and-so, or I could marry so-and-so. If you're looking to another person, that will not end in peace. You, you can't find that in another person. And a lot of relationships have been destroyed because somebody is trying to pull that, extract that satisfaction and peace out of another human being, and it doesn't exist. I don't, you know, some people may not be convinced. They're like, well, surely it's out there. That's because we've been fed a bunch of fables, movies, stories, internet stuff, you know, YouTube videos, what would it be called fables or fairy tales, and we, it's bright and shiny and it looks perfect. The problem is that doesn't exist. Somebody's saying, oh, sure, but I saw it. <laughs> you, you saw in between when they said action and cut. And they was, you know, they had green screens in the back. And after all the post-production and all the sound and all the special effects, and then they show it to you. That doesn't exist, what you're watching. 
Oh, but I saw that person and they exist. You don't know them. If you knew them, you may not like them. In any way, you're not going to find a peace in somebody else. Doesn't matter. The only way you can truly have peace with somebody is it in a relationship, whether it's close or whether it's work or whether it's school, is if your relationship with God is right. But the closer the relationship is, it's tempting to think, I, you know, I'm going to find a peace. You know, the world supports this and promotes this type of idea. Like, you know, you complete me. I need you to be happy. That's just not true. That's a lie. And people have been set up because they think they have to find a person or a thing or a hobby or, you know, something else in their life that will grant them peace. And if they could only find that, because after all, you know, I've seen the movies and they find what they're, they think they're meant to do and it brings them peace. The problem is there's no Jesus anywhere. They're not showing, they're showing you a lie. You can't be at peace without God. Well, it looks like there, but that's not true. It's not the Word of God. So actually, let's look, look, read that verse again. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, look at the middle of it. It says, to live in peace, enjoy the spiritual well-being experienced by believers who walk closely with God. That's the only way. That, the peace that you're looking for is only experienced by walking with God. The Lord. That's it. And so actually, if we know God and we have a relationship through, with God through Jesus, we actually have the foundation, the potential to be at peace more than any other of these material or intellectual pursuits or relational pursuits that may look like it will get peace, just knowing God, you actually have the potential to experience peace more than any of that other stuff. That doesn't mean we don't enjoy those things. It just means, and this is good news, if we know Jesus, if we know God through Jesus, have a relationship with Him, we actually are closer to peace than what we may have thought. Because we actually have the foundation to act or to, to experience real peace. And maybe we've said, if only I got this, if only I got such and such, or only if I could live there, or only if I had this, or only if I could get that degree, if only I know such and such person. And you know what that does? That pushes it off and makes it unattainable when actually, if you know God... Through Jesus, if you know the Lord, you actually, it's right there for you now. And now you can experience those other things and put them in their proper place. And now you can actually enjoy them because you're not trying to extract something that, uh, out of them that was never meant to be extracted in any way. It, it just, it's not, they're not actually capable. It may give an illusion of being uh, that way for a little bit, but it wears off. Anybody find that out? The new feeling always wears off, whether it's a car, whether it's an electronic device. And I like electronic devices. Not going to lie to you. But I learned a long time ago, if you just buy the next one, eventually it's going to be old. And just doesn't wear off. If it's a person, you think, ah. I mean, how many kids think, oh, you know, 
I could only be friends with so-and-so, and, or I could, you know, college students or young people. I can only date so-and-so. It would just be awesome. Well, it is awesome. But there's a newness that goes with all relationships. And if you're going to have a lasting relationship, you're going to have to go past that. It doesn't mean it can't be great, but if you're looking to that feeling, that feeling won't stay. That's not a bad confession. You will have to get past that. You guys all know what I'm talking about. Honeymoon period. How many new couples think, ah, but that's, yeah, that's for all the people. They don't have our relationship. <laughs> right? And all you, you're laughing because you thought that at one time. You know, if they just had, I mean, we're so right. All these other, you know, they're doing the best they can. And yeah, they may have had a honeymoon period, but we, it would be like this forever. Not without some think, you know, some mind renewal and some adjustment and just going to happen because you're a person, they're a person, hate to break it to you, you're not perfectly aligned and you're going to have to deal. But if you don't think that, if you think that you have to, that, that somebody, you, you have to get it from somebody else and it has to look like that in order to be at peace and, and it has to feel like that in order to be right, then what happens when it doesn't feel like that? Oh, I married the wrong person. Oh, I bought the wrong thing. Or you were looking at something that doesn't actually bring peace to try to bring you peace, which is actually really good news. Can be really good news. That maybe we are looking at stuff that isn't supposed to bring us these things and it's actually normal not to be, you know, feeling this just, uh, you know, high all the time on certain things. In fact, that can be just a symptom of something that's, that's going to come down. That doesn't mean that you can't walk in true peace with God daily and be content. That's a lot different than this just high, that's just, just everything is just awesome and it's got to stay like this because what happens if something changes one day? Then you don't feel like that and <laughs> went from here to here. That's not God. The peace of God that we can experience as a Christian can just truck through anything. Okay, so there's, there's a challenge. If you think you have to feel just all giddy about it, uh, there may be some days at work you just don't feel giddy. May be some days when you're dealing with a relationship with somebody in your home that you just don't feel giddy. But the peace of God and God's way, you'll just go right through and say, well, I don't go by what I feel. I'm going to go by what God's word says, and I'm going to, feel, I'm going to be at peace anyway. And it's not so fragile. It's, it's not so breakable. It's not so easy to be disrupted. Look at uh, John 16, I'm skipping you down to the second to the last one there, but we'll come back. It says, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. 
in the world, you will have tribulation. Uh Uh-oh. It says, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, in me, you may have peace. That you may have peace in the world, you will have tribulation. I mean, what do you even do with that? If you're thinking it always got to just be perfect. He's saying that word tribulation means pressure. It means squeezing. It means squashing. It's like you're taking a grape and going like this. That's what that word means. And so what what are you going to do? Jesus said, you're going to feel that pressure. Doesn't mean it has to overcome you. But Jesus, this is not my opinion. Jesus said, you'll have it. Somebody said, no, I'm not going to confess that. Jesus told you it's going to happen, no matter what you confess. No, it's just going to be perfect. I'm never going to go through anything. That's a misunderstanding of faith. When it gets pressured like this, Jesus said, there's going to be, you're going to feel pressure. Back up, he said that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So you have the pressure. You have the squashing. You have the squeezing. You have the, oh, the honeymoon feeling went away, or the high went away. You know, the giddiness of getting something new went away, or the, the, the feeling of taking that class and getting that thing done, that went away. And now I feel pressure. What do I do? I'm going to believe God. And Jesus said, he's overcome the world. And so we can overcome what is in the world. Jesus said, I don't give you my peace the way the world gives you. See, the world will freak out when the feeling goes away, when there's pressure. Sure, they may buck up and do certain things, but ultimately the methods of the world are not going to bring everlasting peace. They're not going to bring consistent peace. But God's peace for the Christian will in the middle of of trouble. And so that's available now. That's available for the Christian. That's available for His people. So if you say, "I'm, I'm a Christian... I believe God. Well, then you have this available regardless of the pressure you're feeling doesn't change instantly. Because sometimes we think it's got to change, it's got to change, or God's not working. He's not doing anything. That's when you believe it in the middle. We got to believe that, no, I'm going to see when you know God is still there, God's will is that we overcome in the middle of the pressure that brings peace. That's how it's manifest. If you think it's got to go away before you can have peace, then if stuff isn't quite right, you're going to be out of peace all the time. But actually, it's the way we understand the word of God. If we say, wait a minute, God said, Jesus said, there would be tribulation, there would be squeezing. So, but he also said he's overcome. And he said that I can overcome. So in the middle of this, Now I know that I'm not going by the circumstances. I can have peace right now and you can be calm even though there could be chaos around you. See, that's available now. 
If we think we ha- everything has to change before it's available, it's like a mirage. It just, oh, you almost get everything in line and then, oop, this popped up. It's walking through life. There's stuff that, it's not a bad confession to say that. There's just, you have challenges in life. God's not the author. He's not throwing stuff at you. But you live in a fallen world. There is an enemy. He's going to try to get, to push you off if he can. And so stuff happens. Thoughts will come. And in the midst of that, we need to still say, well, I believe God. And so you can have peace when it looks like you should be crying. That's real peace. If it's only that we can have peace when everything is absolutely calm, there's going to be a whole lot of time where it's not like that. It's going to be a very fragile, very uh, shallow peace. About this, this, this deep. You're good for 30 seconds until this happens. And then, ah, oh, I experienced it. I want to get back to that. Well, there is a way, and it's for the believer that we can have it, even if it's all going like this, and we're still like, God hasn't changed. God's still faithful. His word's still true. That peace of God is still mine. And I'm going to act on that and act like this. That's true. Look at Psalm 29, 11. It says, The Lord will give strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. This is something that a Christian... This is in the Old Covenant. This is in Psalms. God's saying He'll bless His people with peace. How much more that we're in the New Covenant, that Jesus has come, that He's sacrificed His life, that He, through His death, burial, and resurrection, we can be right with God. How much more should we experience that peace? I mean, this is under the Old Covenant. It's, it's saying that God will bless His people with peace. How, they were looking forward to the Messiah. We're looking back that the Messiah has come. How much more should we be at peace? So it's available. So we take it. And we say, it's mine. I'm, I'm going to walk in peace. And God, show me. Show me how to apply your word and to make it functional in my life practically. You know, we have the word of God and he'll, he'll quicken you. He'll help you. How does that look in your life? Well, I don't know your life, but God does. In every situation, everybody has different challenges and they have a different background and they have different thinking that's been implanted there over time and we're all at different places. But God knows exactly what needs to change and what you need to focus on so that you will actually start experiencing more of His peace that has already been bought and paid for, that's already been provided, that we could experience for the Christian more of it actually today. You realize there's just a little bit of a move that we can make in what we're looking at and how we're thinking that today, this afternoon, we can experience more peace than we have for months. It's available. And it doesn't have to be like everything's got to change. This has got to move. It just is, Lord, help me. Show me that right now. Show me what to tweak. Show me what, how to look at this. 
What about that situation? There might be an, you wouldn't even have to think. There's an overriding concern in your life in some area, and that's what's causing you the most turmoil. You know, God has His truth, and He's provided, if you're a Christian, he has a, he's already provided that peace. It's already available. Jesus said, you're going to have the tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He can show you how to start overcoming right now. There's a tweak that you can make that you become that much closer and experience more peace right this afternoon. This morning going in this afternoon. And then it just gets more. He just, hey, you like that? Tweak this. Show this. And he can just help you to where a few days, weeks, you're starting to see things completely different. But it's available. Praise God.